Thanks for being here this morning. As Nick had mentioned, we are going to call the church to um, encourage you to a prayer and fasting on uh, not starting this week, but the following, the third week of January. So through this week, um, you'll be getting some emails uh, from me on prayer and fasting and preparation for that. So if you would like to get those emails and you're not on the Wednesday word list, um, see me after church. Um, but I just want to mention there has been some questions like just because we, we, are, we are encouraging and calling the church to pray and fast. But if you say, oh, I got a physical uh, situation, I can't really fast. Um, well, then obviously uh, there's other ways you can fast, maybe from phone or some from the computer or just different ways. Uh, the point of fasting is not legalism. Uh, the point of fasting is just to encourage us and to uh, draw us into prayer, which is a number of the articles that I'll send this week uh, to encourage us about that and prepare us for that. So, uh, but I would encourage us to do that for um, the third week of January. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, or look up on your phone, Romans chapter 12. I'm just going to read two verses um, of that, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, Verses 1 and 2. Romans is the greatest theological book about what Christianity is and the gospel. And in Romans 12, it is switched from the doctrine and the truth. Paul's moving to how it all applies to our lives. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and profitable. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, thanks for your word. Lord, thanks for another year. We are allowed to gather together to worship you. Lord, thanks for your goodness to us and for your grace. Lord, I pray that you would just call us this morning to be fully committed to you. That you would examine us through your word. The Holy Spirit, you would work and remove every distractions. That we would see ourselves and we would see where we need to be. Lord, thanks for sending Jesus Christ for us and the hope we have in him. And Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I mean, the world was, at least America, was rocked on Monday night uh, after, in the middle of the football game, when DeVar Hamlin uh, made a tackle, he stood up, and then just collapsed. If you saw it, it was stunning. And then for the next evening, they canceled the football game, and everywhere you saw, it was on all the sports networks, and then all the major news networks was about this football game and this guy um, who collapsed and died, and prayer was the emphasis of the week in our culture. It takes commitment to be a football player and takes the commitment to go all in, knowing that it's a very, it is a violent game, but it does take great commitment. William Booth, who was the founder of the Salvation Army, 
wasn't a very talented individual necessarily. He wasn't the most gifted speaker. He wasn't the most um, intelligent person in the room by his own accounts. But he made such a difference in London and in the world to the Salvation Army and even today. And they asked him one time, they said, well, what makes the difference? Why are you able to accomplish all that you've been able to accomplish? And how are you able to make such a difference for Jesus Christ? And William Booth said, the reason I am able to make that difference is because Jesus Christ has all of me. Jesus Christ had all of William Booth. This morning, in a few minutes, we're going to come to communion. The first one of the year is we remember what Jesus Christ did for us. We remember, but we also look forward to what is going to happen in the future where Christ is coming back. So it's a reflection for us, but it's also a looking forward for us. In many ways, it's clarifying. When you look at the communion, we see bread and we see juice, but the picture is a broken body, dead body that was given and sacrificed innocently for us. It's, it's a clarifying thing, or it should be. What does God want from you? What does God want from me in 2023? What is it that God wants from us in 2023? Romans 12, 1 and 2 says what it is. And this morning, we're just going to see three things about it. What does God want from you in 2023? He wants you to pour yourself into all that he has provided. He wants you to place yourself as a living sacrifice. And he wants you to persist in total surrender to him. That's what Jesus Christ and God wants from us in 2023. First, he wants us just to pour ourselves in all that he has provided. Romans 12, 1 says, I appeal to you. Apostle Paul says, I appeal to you. Or, or I just, I, 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 I he's, this is almost calling these guys, this, this church together, these men and women, because I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. He's, he's not appealing, he's not crying out to people who don't know Jesus Christ. He doesn't, he's not calling out to non-believers. He's calling out to people who have given their life to Jesus Christ, their brothers and their sisters, and he is appealing to them. The way, uh, and it's the way that the J.B. Phillips translation says it, he goes, he says, I appeal to you with, with eyes wide open to the mercies of God. He says, I, I beg you. Paul is like a player on the side of a football game right before the game, and he's just getting his teammates together, and he's just trying to rev them up, and he's appealing to them, come on there, get out in the fight, let's stay in the fight, let's go do this. And Paul is begging, in a sense, for them, and he's calling them to go and present themselves as living sacrifices to God. And there's a choice in it. There's a, there's a will. He's not commanding them, but he's calling them to make this choice. I had somebody this week on Wednesday text me and say, Happy New Year, and they said, um, you just, I was thinking about you, you came to mind, and I just wanted to 
reach out to you and talk to them in a, in a while. They don't live near here. Let me just say this. If there's one thing, if I come to mind to you this year, in the week, during the days, and I come to mind at all, pray this for me. Pray that Romans 12, 1 and 2 would be true for me. This is what Paul's doing. He says, I appeal to you. He says, with, with, wides, with eyes wide open to the mercies of God, he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Paul is wanting them to pour themselves into all that God has provided. The, the, the big word in Romans 12.1 is therefore. He goes, I, I appeal to you therefore. What is he talking about? What happened before that Paul's saying, based on all of this, I'm appealing you to do this? And what he's saying is, I am appealing to you, therefore, it's the big break. And what he talks about is, he's saying, I'm appealing to you, therefore, on the mercies of God. Really, he's saying, based on everything that I just got done saying from chapters 1 of Romans to chapters 11, of all of the things that he talked about, that God has given to his people and what he's done for us, based on all of that, Paul's saying, I'm appealing to you based on those realities. And he sums them all up in one word. All the things that he says in Romans, he sums up as the mercies of God. And he's saying, based on everything he says, I want you to pour out yourself into all that God has provided. I just want to say this, which means because he's doing that, it means it's possible. Romans 11, verses 33 through 36 says, Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who, who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. And you can read that and say, how can I ever know God? How can I ever know the depths of the riches and the knowledge of God? It's just unsearchable. But the reality is because of the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, it is possible for us to know God. He, he makes it possible for us to know God, but he is revealing himself over and over. And in Romans, he is, Paul has stated from the beginning, here's all the things that God has done for us. It means it's possible for you. And it's possible for us to pour ourselves in to all that God has provided for us. When D.L. Moody, who was just a young man who ended up being a worldwide evangelist, Moody Bible Institute is named after him. When he was a young man in England, he heard someone say, the world has yet to see what God can do with one man that is totally committed to to him. And D.L. Moody got on a boat back to the United States, and that, that phrase kept ringing over and over in his head. The world is yet to see what God can do with one man that's totally committed to him. And D.L. Moody said, I will be that man. The reality is, the world is still yet to see what God can do 
with a person totally committed to him because of the depths of the riches and the knowledge of God. It's unsearchable and his judgments are inscrutable. It's, it's possible for you to pour yourself into all that God has provided because it's absolutely packed. What it says is, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, these plural mercies of God. It's just packed what God has done for us. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. That's what mercy is. And also, this idea of mercy that Paul gives is when, when, when an animal gets hurt on the side of the road, we, we pity that animal. We, we go and help that animal. We, we, we would say we showed it mercy. Not because of anything the animal did wrong, but just because it needed help. And when you look at Romans 1 through 11 and see all that God has provided over and over and over again, it's mercy, mercy, mercy. It's the mercy of God. Romans 5, verses 6 and 8 says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What we God wants for you this year is to pour yourself into all that he has provided, which is unbelievable and abundant mercy to you over and over and over again. If you read Romans, it socks about, we see the, the love of God, the grace of God, the peace of God, the righteousness of God. We get comfort from God. We get power from God. We get the assurance of our faith from God. We get forgiveness from God. We get security from God. All of those things are God's mercies, mercies, mercies. Just sit down this week and read Romans chapter 1, 1 through 11, and look at all the ways God has come to you not because you were worthy of it, because, but we were rebels, it says in Romans chapter 1. We were against God. And even as we were rebels against God, God came to us in mercy. And then you just kept saying, here, have this. There's, here's more, here's more, and here's more. And Paul writes this whole book of Romans saying, this is the mercy of God. And, and, and it's all mercy. We are, it's, it's packed what God has done for us. And we stand on mercy. He says, therefore, by the mercies of God, because of everything that God has done for us, do this. Because of what God has provided, and then we can just savor this mercy, this pact. This is Paul's motivation. This is him on the sidelines saying to us, listen, listen, go out there. Let's go out there this year because here's what God has done for us. He's, he's given us grace. He's given us love. He's given you assurance. He's given you security. He's given you power. He's given you forgiveness. And because of all that, let's go live fully for him. It's the motivation. I mean, the reality is we are often motivated by far less things. That the, think of all the things that you have done to try to impress somebody or to, to accomplish something. I mean, I jumped off the roof of someone's house into their swimming pool just to impress a bunch of teenagers one time. Nobody asked me to do it. 
I just felt the pressure that I wanted to be some, sound like a cool thing. So I just went on top of the road, jumped off. That, that was my motivation. I mean, we do stupid things to accomplish many things that with, with less motivation. And, and God says, here, Paul says, based on all the things that God has given to you, pour yourself all into all that he has pre- provided. He says, I appeal to you. Based on the mercy of God, place yourself as a living sacrifice. Present your bodies as living sacrifices. Paul, he just moves to this metaphor, which was, they they would have known back in the Old Testament, there would have been these offerings. There were sin offerings that they would be offered. And when they would offer the sin offering, not all of it would get burnt. But then there was whole burnt offerings where they would take the best animal that they had, the most expensive, and they would bring it to God and they would burn up all of it. This is what God's calling from us. He's calling from us, and he wants us to place ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. It's surrendering to God. It's placing all of you, every aspect of your life, your whole self before God as a living sacrifice. It's surrendering fully to him. It is giving God total access to all your accounts. It's giving God total access to all your passwords. Is there some area in your life where you're like, well, God can have all of this, but the bank account, mine. God can have all of this, but what I look at in my computer, I'm keeping that password, God. God can have all of this, but this. That's not offering yourself as a living sacrifice to God. God says, I want you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's giving total access to God. And he says, present your bodies. When I was growing up, talking to teenagers in church and youth groups, Romans 12, 1 and 2 was hammered to us all the time. You know, appeal to you. Present your bodies to God. But just don't make no mistake. Now at middle age, the call is the same. God still wants your bodies. It doesn't say present your bodies if you're young, if you've got strength, if you're healthy, if you've got energy, if you've got time, then God wants you. What it says is, Present your bodies, young bodies, middle-aged bodies, old bodies. God wants your body. He knows your pain. He knows your aches. He knows your situation. And he says, present your body as a living sacrifice to God. All of it. There's a guy named Nick Wojcik who was born with no arms and no legs from Australia. And he has this little thing down here. He calls this little flipper foot that helps him stand. And he grew up and was born that way. And as a child, he, he, he struggled with depression. And then he came to know Jesus Christ. And now Nick Wojcik, with no arms, no legs, he could be in a safe, protected environment. 
He spends his life traveling the world, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and being an encouragement to people. He's given his life. And God says, I'll take it because I made your body. And he says the same thing to us. It's, there's no, no exceptions here. No matter what age you are and where you are at stage in life, God is saying to you this year, I want you to present your body as a living sacrifice to me. And I want you to do it in a way where you say to God, this is, may your will be done, not my will. This is, may your will be done. I love how Eugene Peterson put it in his paraphrase in the message. He says, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. The question people say is, well, if I give all my life to God, he is going to move me out of town. He's going to send me someplace where I really don't want to go. He's probably not going to do that. What he's going to do is he's going to ask you to take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, and your walking around, and he's going to say, that's the life I want. That's the body I want. That's what I want you to surrender. I want you to put it before God as an offering. I mean, ask yourself, how much, honestly, how much of 2022 did you take and live for yourself? How much of last year did you claim as yours? And God says, what I want from you this year is I want your life. I want your everyday, ordinary life. I want you to get up and say, may your will be done, not my will. And when you do that, giving our lives is a sacrifice. It is one, as one commentator say, it is, it's actively doing this. It's actively to be willing to obey God in anything he says in any area of life. And passively, it's to be willing to thank God for anything he sends in any area of your life. Because what God might ask of you in 2023, if you sacrifice and give your life fully consecrated to him, he might give you things that make you not be able to move your body as much as you wish you could. He may take things from you, but laying our bodies as a sacrifice to God is actively, it's saying I'm going to be willing to to obey God in anything he says in any area of my life. He's got access to everything. And passively, it's to be saying, I'm going to be willing to thank God for anything he sends in any area of my life. This is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9. I think Nick already quoted this morning. And he said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? God wants us to place, and he wants you and he wants me to place ourselves as living sacrifices to God and then he wants us just to persist in total surrender while he does it. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The word spiritual, it's not my favorite translation of the, the word for that. Really, it's the idea of, it's where we get the word logic. He's really saying that you would present your body holy and acceptable God, which is, which is your rational, or which is your sensible, or which is your appropriate part of worship. It's saying this is, this is why we should persist in our total surrender to God. No matter what's happened in the past, no matter what 22 was like, this year you can say, I'm going to offer myself completely to God and I'm going to persist in it because this is the rational, logical, appropriate response to somebody who hears that they were sinners separated from God and someone came and gave their life for them, died on the cross for them, shed their blood for them so that they could have life. The most logical response to that is to serve and give back and remember the mercies of God. So we persist in it because it's sensible. This is the appropriate response of Christians. If the idea of you giving all your life to God seems foreign and seems like something that you don't want to do, it's a sign that you don't really know Jesus Christ. The response of a Christian is this is what I want to do. Now, we're not always able to do it. We struggle with indwelling sin. But the response of a Christian is, this is reasonable. This is logical. This is appropriate from what Jesus Christ has done for me. We persist in total surrender because present your, God, your bodies to God a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The word acceptable means pleasing. We persist in it because it's sensible, and we persist in it because offering your bodies and life to God brings the smile of God. God's pleased when he sees his people offering themselves fully to him. The smile of God is on us, but it's also strategic, which is the second part we'll look at next week. We are called to pour ourselves into getting everything that God's provided us through his mercies. God's asking you to place your life as a living sacrifice for him. And he wants you in 2023 to persist in it in total surrender. It's a continual thing. Here's the thing with living sacrifices. They can crawl off the altar. God is asking us, and he's asking you, keep crawling back up every morning. Get up and say, not my will today, but your be done, God. I'm, I'm offering myself again. Today, I'm offering myself again. Nicholas Zinzendorf was the leader of the Moravians who sent missionaries around all across the world. And as a young man, he was born wealthy. He had, he had power. He had, he had all status. But he had this desire to serve God. And one day he was in this church and he looked up and they had this famous painting of a picture of Christ and being his crucifixion and just the scars. And underneath the picture was this statement. Of all this I did for thee, what hast thou done for me? 
And Nicholas Zinzendorf saw the picture of Christ. He saw the bloody bodies as best they could try to depict it. And he saw the little plaque underneath it. All this I did for thee. What hast thou done for me? And he could not shake it. And he went back and he started one of the greatest missions movements the world has ever seen because he realized that offering his self to God was, was sensible. It, was, it brought the smile of God and there was a strategy to it. This is what God wants for us as we come to the table. And the question is, is your all on the altar at 75? Is your all on the altar at 55? Is your all on the altar at 45? Is all on the altar at 35, at 25, at 18? That, that, that's the question. Is your all on the altar? There's an old hymn we used to sing growing up. Is your all on the altar of sacrifice laid? Your heart does the spirit control. You can only be blessed and have peace and sweet rest as you yield him your body and soul. One question this morning. As you start 2023, as a Christian, is your all on the altar? Are you fully and willing to sacrifice and commit all of your life to Christ this year? Think about that as we come together this morning and receive communion.